drama, comedy, two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy, it was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started on their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Macintosh and Maude's chocolate shop was open for business. Season 1, Episode 7, Chapter 7, In a Lonely Place Amid harsh rumors about Polly, Alice goes public with family secrets, making Betty and Cheryl uneasy allies. Jughead helps his dad reclaim his life. Okay, let's recap the recap. Okay. It's a wholesome town. Jason and Polly went sailing. Drive-in intrigue. Serpents don't play nice. Jughead is homeless. The Andrews and the Lodges are making out. Hermione plays favorites. Jughead and Betty find evidence, and Polly's gone missing. Dun, dun, dun. And then I just laugh. Yes. <laughs> uh, the opening to this one is particularly awesome. We're, I mean... We're in Bizarro World. Well, I've, we've been in Bizarro World for the past six episodes, so okay. I feel like maybe we're in, we're in Archie Comics World. Yes, we are. We're in Archie Comics Bizarro World. Jughead's narrating, as per usual. And, uh... He's got his crown. He's got a sweater with an S on it. He's wearing a turtleneck with an S on it. Which, this whole episode, he's got a shirt on with an S on it. What does that mean? I think it means Southside. Okay. Because in yeah. in this opening sequence, uh, Archie's shirt has an R on it. He's yeah. wearing a sweater vest. For Riverdale. For Riverdale. So that would make sense. Because at first, when I first saw it, I was like, what? And that makes more sense. Because Jughead's from the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jughead's got... His hair is uh, properly uh, styled. Quaffed. He's got... Um, a, he's... He's got a crown on his head to the side that looks exactly the way it does in the comic. His hair's done exactly the way yeah. it was done in the comics. So, well, I mean, as much as they could with Cole Sprouse's hair. Yeah, they did a good job. Um, Betty's know, in full 50s regalia. She's got a ring on her finger. Meh. Yeah. Polly, Polly and Jason are there. Mm-hmm. Just as happy as can be. Hal and Alice are having everybody and they're happy. Mm-hmm. And he's carve, He's about to carve the turkey. They give him the knife and then he looks over and then, oh, it gets real dark because there's his dad. Yeah, he flashes to his, his actual dad, FP, in their home and he's clearly very disheveled and drunk in front of the television. And then Arch in his dream... Well, but it's still it's still a little 1950s. They've got the, the tube TV and he's sitting in a recliner, so it's... I don't know. <laughs> and then within his dream, Archie comes up to him and is like, why'd you stab me in the back? And then he turns around and there's an actual knife in Archie's back. And Betty and Alice do the creepy side tent hilts at the same time. At the same time. It's very creepy. We get a flash of Veronica, who's also dressed exactly the way she typically was in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of purple on her, which was kind of her signature color, if I remember that correctly. I think so. And then Jughead wakes up. Jughead wakes up, and he is sleeping at school. He is living under the stairs. Yep, he's living in a in a closet under the stairs. So, ooh, this is hard. Well, I mean, it's really no surprise. So he, he wakes up before the school opens, and he just walks down the hall like he owns the place. Mentions a line about being an extra in a Wes Craven movie. Yeah, he's, um, and while he's brushing his teeth in the locker room, uh, Archie, he runs into Archie. Uh, Archie creepily sneaks up behind him. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Archie kind of is like, what are you doing here? And Jughead makes a joke, and then... Archie's like, no, really, what, what are, are you he? doing here? And Jughead shows him his closet. And Ar- all Archie says is, how long? And he said, since they closed the drive-in, that's where I live in before... Archie's like, why Why aren't you living at home? And Jughead explains that his dad has fallen off the wagon. After, pretty much after he got fired by your dad. And that um, mom decided she couldn't deal with it anymore, so she took Jelly Bean and left, and they're staying with the grandparents. So Archie offers to let him stay at home, and Jughead's like, it's fine, just don't tell Betty. And Archie kind of shakes, like, Betty Betty wouldn't care. If anyone's going to be a snob about it, it's going to be Veronica. And Jughead's like, don't tell her either. Well, just don't tell her either. And walks away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't. And Archie already, like, gets a little eyebrow. It's like, what? Why? Yeah, like, why, why, why do you care what Betty... Because it's like, Betty's one of them. 
So it's kind of like, why would why would you care if Betty knew? Because hmm. he, he, he don't know what's going on. Nope. Veronica walks in at home. And uh, what's what's the what's the butler's name? Smithers. Uh, Smithers has a giant pile of boxes. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, uh, what is all this? She's like, ah, it's just some retail therapy from Glamazon.com. Thank you, Mike Birbiglia. Uh-huh. <laughs> she does actually say Glamazon.com. Uh, basically, Veronica's being a bitch um, because her mom forged her signature. And Hermione just does deserve the attitude. But... <laughs> Uh, Veronica's being horrible, and in this moment, Hermione's not doing anything about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. It's a very short, short sequence. We just, we just see this, uh, I, I mean, Hermione's bringing up, we can't live beyond our means, there's too, you know, we, we don't have unlimited amounts of money anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, V's just not, V's gonna play dirty now. She don't care. Mm-mm. Betty's confiding with everyone about Polly. And her shameful condition. God. Uh, more more importantly is, you know, she's she's worried because she's like, I'm worried everybody's going to think Polly was the one who burned the car. Yeah, because... And they're immediately going to think, tie that to her killing Jason. Mm-hmm. Veronica says, we should just move. <laughs> it's like, ugh, this is so awful. Honestly, guys, we should, we should just move. Like, mm-hmm. seriously. And while while Betty's talking about this, Jughead puts his arm around Betty in like comforting boyfriend like way, and everybody and, catches it. No, no, only Archie and Veronica because they're also talking to Kevin. Kevin doesn't even like think twice. He probably knows at this point because it's Betty and they're close. But Archie just kind of like sits up straighter, and even V is kind of like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. what did I just see?" Um, uh, Kevin is kind of explaining some of the things that you know oh we can go talk to my dad about it and Jughead says uh no offense Kev but your dad answers to a higher authority than God the Blossoms and catching in the background I didn't see this the first time uh one of Cheryl's vampire minion vampire friends is texting as she's listening to this yeah so she's overhearing the stuff about Polly but they're like we can't let the Blossoms know Okay, so then Jughead leaves the group, and Archie follows behind, and Archie's like, hey, um, why, why did you care, you said something earlier about not wanting Betty to know, is something, uh, are y'all, and then he's stammering, and Jughead goes, we, we may have had a, a, a moment, mm-hmm. um, and Archie's like, it's cool, man, I don't, I don't care. Archie clearly cares. Archie totally cares. Archie totally cares. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> uh, he's like, it's good. I was just curious. Um, yeah, no, no, it's fine. You know, it's all, it's all cool, man. You know? And he's like, let me talk to my dad about giving your dad a second chance. Yeah, well, and that's that's the bigger part of the scene is I, I already talked to my dad, and he's willing to give your dad a second chance if you ever talk mm-hmm. to him. So the boys are trying to plot to, to make this work out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, we, then we cut to Veronica and Betty having a quick talk and Veronica says did I just see Riverdale High's very own Holden Caulfield <laughs> it's very true it's it's perfect though. all Jughead would have to do is say phony and it would be perfect it would be. for those of you who don't know Holden Caulfield is from Catcher in the Rye if you haven't read that book and you're watching this show I don't I don't know you you need to that's a that's a weird place you, for you to be in you have you, to if you if you can't if you can understand the high school relationships in this show but haven't read catcher in their eyes something's something's slightly wrong with you mm-hmm. um but uh betty just betty explains you know i've been going through a really hard time for the past few weeks and jughead was the one who was always there for me yep and then uh veronica goes oh my god swoon which is how we feel about the whole thing yeah it's true um, and she's like, well, if he is... If he helps my girl, then Veronica Lodge approves. <laughs> like, ca- we needed your Nobody cares, Veronica. But fine. Um, sh- I put sheriff discussing items. Oh, okay. Well, now we're at the Blossom's house. Yeah, the sheriff is talking with Penelope about, hey, they're really close to catching the killer. And Cheryl walks in. And it's playing Let's Make a Deal, Mommy Dearest. <laughs> she didn't say that I did. Merci, Maman. Merci, Maman. Basically, Cheryl says she has info, but the only way she's going to tell her mom and the sheriff is if her mom agrees to let her go back to the River Vixens. 
Her mom agrees. And Cheryl explains that Polly has escaped a mental institution. So that murdering mean girl uh, uh, did it. And then she she t- she kind of lays into Sheriff uh, Keller and is like, oh yeah, and I tweeted all this out to my minions. And Keller is not a fan of this bullshit. He's just like, who the fuck do you think you are, little girl? Which, you know. He's already he's already rolling his eyes at the Blossoms, mm-hmm. even though he knows he's got to do whatever they ask. But jeez. So then right after she says, I tweeted this out to all my minions, then we cut to Kevin Keller at back at school. Like, their timelines are so jacked up. Like, things are happening when they should be in school, but they keep, like, their scenes are so out of order, it makes no sense. I don't know. It... I, I, they, they go home and random places a lot instead of being at school. That's just clearly a Free fact. period. It's called a free period. Totally. It's just, that free period is like six hours of the day. Um, but Kevin comes down the hall and he goes, and he is reading what Cheryl tweeted out. And then it goes, hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother. Hashtag nowhere to hide. Hashtag sharpen your pitchforks. Too many hashtags. (laughs) Yes. It's very funny. (laughs) And then we get Riverdale. Hunts on for Polly. Mm Mm-hmm. So now we get to some of the rougher moments of this episode. We're at the Sunnyside Trailer Park. And Jughead's walking home. Yeah. Now, I will say, uh, even though there's a beer bottle at the door, as far as alcoholic trailers go, this isn't the worst I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's not um, a methadone. Yeah. Um, there, it's, it's been neglected. It it's, looks, not a, it's not a hoarder house. It's a gross bachelor pad is what it looks like. Which is which is interesting. I, I almost feel like whenever we have, you know, alcoholic dad, it's almost like they play it up as this person's a hoarder almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it's absolutely disgusting. There's things piled everywhere. And that's not what they did mm-hmm. with this. So somebody paid attention to their stuff on the scene design of this. It's, um, it's somebody who is a mess and is not taking care of themselves. But who has, you can tell that they are occasionally trying to, like, clean it up. Yep. So it doesn't look like they're a mess. Which points to his character in some ways. Me, whatever. FP's drunk. F, well, yeah, FP's drunk. If he's not, he's really hungover. That's probably accurate. Um, he's uh, like, the prodigal son returns. Yeah, Jughead has come back and is like, hey, I, I came by to see if you would go back to work for Fred. And or Mr. Andrews again. I want to reiterate that through this whole episode, all of the kids when they are talking directly to an adult are calling them Mr. and Mrs. And I really like that. I just do. Well, that's. I feel like that's just Archie comics vibe. It it is, but I like that they're continuing that. Yeah. With all the kids, they all. I mean. Um, Archie might refer, has, like, when he's talking to his dad, refers to FP as FP, but when he talks to him, he calls him Mr. Jones. Yeah. And that is uh, very mature, and I appreciate that. Hmm. We're going to teach our children that. Mm Mm-hmm. Except for our enemies, and then we're going to teach them to say their first names directly to their faces. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, FP... Pride gets the better of him. He's like, I'm not going back to work hat in hand. Well, it's like, what would it look like if I went hat in hand? And Jughead's like, you would be a man who's trying to fix your family. Like, you'd have a man who has a job. And his dad just looks at him and goes, talk to your mom. And slams the cabinet. Well, and Jughead says it's not too late. So, like, Jughead's trying to let his dad know. It's like, you can fix this, but you have to decide to do it. This is the most real adult that we've seen other than Fred Andrews. Um, who? FP. FP. Uh, He's not a caricature. Uh, not totally. He's He's got major issues, and plot-wise, yeah, he's a little bit of a, a ridiculous moment, but just as a character in this episode, and again, some of this is just the level of actor, Skeet Ulrich is not a bad actor. Oh, he's, he's, okay, he's doing a phenomenal job at being... Um, both repulsive because he's being a horrible father and husband um, though you know we do understand alcoholism is a disease yes um, so he of course needs treatment and help 
Um, but he's also somebody that you sympathize with him. Like you sympathize, like you you have a disease. Like he, there's a, so, there's something wrong. He's a human. Yes. Which is again, I I just think back to that's so often not the case when you have an alcoholic character on a television on show. A, on a show aimed at teenagers. Especially uh, especially in this situation. But even even in like top notch dramas, they don't do that. So this is yeah. kind of awesome to see that they let they gave him the ability to do that as an mm-hmm. actor. And then I just put a frowny face because this is a hard scene to watch. It's sad. Nah, it's not the hard scene to watch. No, but there's no. It, it does get worse from it, there. Yeah, it's not fun. But first, we're in the Everscreen Forest. <laughs> Betty has arranged a search party with everybody <laughs> to go search for Polly, which, like... Why is the sheriff not doing it? He's there. Well... I think it's more of like the Cooper family is hosting this search party uh-huh. and the sheriff is just there because if they find something, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. This is, okay, we'll this, again, we have to give them, this is a small town thing. So everybody's there. They're, they're, you know, chomping through the forest and Alice has that fucking Chloe bag. <laughs> like, what what are you doing? And uh, Archie apologizes to Betty for not being there. He's like, I'm sorry you had to go through all that. But he's like, it's okay, Archie, you're here now. And Archie is just like, oh, you're replacing me? Because, ugh, he does not like that someone else is going to get that doe-eyed attention. Also, let's be clear, Val is right behind him in this scene. You can see her afro. I I didn't even notice her. I'm pretty sure I saw. Okay. Val's in the background. Okay. So his his girlfriend is there. (laughs) We don't know if they're girlfriend, they just kissed. Mm. Okay, like, we don't know what their deal is. Yeah. He's been kissing a lot of girls. They could have I mean, broken up in the however the two days before this episode. They could have decided they can't make it work. We don't know. She's she's got to devote herself to the pussycats. Uh, uh. Veronica and Kevin are walking around, and Kevin's kind of asking, like, "So what are you gonna do about your mom?" And wait, Veronica's got a purple, high fashion jacket with a beret and a coffee, in a thermos. It's a little ridiculous. Oh. What are you going to do about your mom? She's like, I can't blink, Kevin. I have to force my mother's hand, and the best way to do that is with a bender. Barf! She's like, which means dancing with my fave celebrity gal pal, my favorite gay, and some dim-witted, sexy, disposable arm candy. And she scans the crowd, and she points at Reggie. She's like, he'll do. Well, first she, so she's got to name all three of those. So she's like, celebrity gal pal is Josie. Josie. Favorite gay is Kevin. And he's like, oh, honored. <laughs> honored. And then some dim-witted, sexy, disposable arm candy. She's like, he'll do. And she's pointing towards Reggie. Yay. And Kevin's like, I'm so in. It's Reggie and Veronica. Oh, absolutely. This is going to come up later. That's totally going to happen. Little... You know what? They're kind of perfect for each other. Oh, they're, by their characters. they're equally matched in that they're horrible people. Well, sort of. But I, I do like, they've, they've shown a little bit of depth to both of them. Not really. Just a tiny bit to Reggie. When he picked up Archie off that field, that's not a... He has some... He has... He's a good sportsman, and he has some integrity. He's a douche jock. But he he is totally douche jock, and I'm still telling you he's a virgin and or he has dyslexia. Yes. One of those two things is going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... He's dyslexic, which causes problems for him when he tries to have sex for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that makes... No sense. He can't read a woman's body. <laughs> I'm totally not going near that at all. Regardless, the bloodhound... <laughs> the Blossom showed up and they are dressed as though they are going on a fox hunt. Yeah, they have bloodhounds. They have <laughs> they fucking are... bloodhounds. No, they don't have any dogs. There's bloodhounds on the ground, I swear to God. They brought, they brought dogs with them. Here's the only thing I can argue is that maybe they're actually from the sheriff's office. Maybe Keller has bloodhounds okay. and he uses them. But I think it's probably the Blossoms because they're dressed as a fox hunt and they've got hounds they're ready to abs- go on the hunt. But the plaid and tweed and the and the right the it's ridiculous. <laughs> this is the only time that well, no that's not true. Okay, I was about to say that Cheryl is dressed just like her mom, but they are constantly dressed alike. Yes. So, that doesn't make sense. And that's probably it's- because her mom forces it. Mm, they, mm. they, their family has a very strict identity. Yeah, well, also... That's probably more accurate. But here, because Cheryl is in solidarity with her parents, she looks more closely. Solidarity? Yeah. She's like, we're going to find this crazy bitch who of killed the, Jason. Of the 
rich people. Crazy people. <sighs> um, showdown between the the blossoms and stuff. It was like, where's your daughter, Alice? I was like, it, would you think, do you think I'd be out here with the mosquitoes if I knew where she was? Yeah, this face-off is... I actually is... believe Alice on that. Okay, that's, that's a great Alice line, but this face-off is horrible. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, Cheryl gets in the one good line, which is like, face the facts, mommy dearest. Mm-hmm. Your daughter murdered. But I was like, the acting in this scene is fucking high school. It's really bad. And then we cut to a CoverGirl commercial. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're at a church, and Alice is putting on makeup, and there's a very clear shot that it's CoverGirl makeup. You are bothered by this way more than I am. It's too... Uh, it's, it's. I just don't give a crap. It's too forced. I hate that. It's too obvious. Well... So anyways... You know what? You're going to have to get used to it, because there's going to be at least one every episode. There doesn't have to Again, be. Again, if we want this show to last forever, that, that they're just going to have to do it. They can get other sponsors. Mm. They already got Converse. We'll see. Who else can we use? Uh, there's Ford, I'm sure. <laughs> but anyways... Alice needs to lay out the full story for everybody. Yes. She's like... Our hands for us. This is the strategic move. And we're going to do this in the holiest of places. And she's like, we've got the high ground. Yeah, watch. See the blossoms try to tarnish us after this. And Betty's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, you can, and you will. Mm-hmm. I do like, though, that she's not... It's not a power play pressure move from her mom. It's oh, far it is. Uh, it is. No, no, no. This is totally... We're going to control this story... And Betty's going to be a part of this because we are going to show that our family, we have had some hard times, but we are fine. This is totally a power move from her mom. Mm. It's not forceful because Betty's not the type of person. Betty's not going to fight. Well, Alice also, I think, Alice now has seen that her daughter is not going to do blindly whatever she says. Alice doesn't know about Dark Betty. Mm-hmm. Whew. No, she doesn't. And I don't, because I don't think those two have ever met. We got hints of it when uh, Betty said, uh, told her that Veronica was a friend and she needed to get over it. I better damn well bring Dark Betty back. Dark Betty, this going to be awesome. Face to face with Alice. Um, so there was this press conference and Alice tells everyone that Polly is pregnant with Jason's baby and sh- and people are shocked and Cheryl actually looks very heartbroken. Yes. And well, so, Dad runs off. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes. Okay. They're sitting no, out there. It, Hal, Cheryl's dad. Cheryl's dad. Oh, Cheryl's dad. Yeah, okay. that's what I meant. Sorry. Sorry, I thought I you... said Hal probably, but Cheryl's dad is the first to run off, and he's mm-hmm. and he's storming away mad. Mm-hmm. Mom looks kind of stunned, but then also looks pissed and runs off after him. Cheryl lingers heartbroken Mm -hmm. and actually caring and then has to run off because her ride's going away. (laughs) She has to follow her parents and Alice makes a plea into the camera, you know, Polly, please come home. Mm -hmm. So Betty and Jughead are walking home in the rain. Holding hands. Isn't this what People, people who've like been us who have been through it. He's kind of trying to find. Am I your boyfriend? <laughs> like, and like it's really sweet. And you know, Betty's just kind of looking at it, and he's like, "What is it?" I mean, besides everything. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty's just like, "I just I, if I if I hadn't have gone there, she wouldn't have run away." And he's like, "Your parents were lying to her. You needed to tell her the truth." Mm-hmm. And Betty tells a story about this isn't the first time that Polly's run away. She was nine. She and mom got in a really huge fight. And then... And then she stops. And Jughead asks, how far did she get? And that's what makes uh, Betty stop. And then she gives... She She gives Jughead a kiss. And says, thank you for walking me home. I'll call you later. And she runs off. But, like, more than just a thank you for walking me home. It's thank you for walking me home. Because, of course, that has given her her Nancy Drew moment of Mm -hmm. knowing the next part of the mystery. Yep. And Jughead's just like great. Thanks, you kissed me. <laughs> I got a kid. She likes me. No. Not a fluke now. <laughs> so Jughead is is Betty's muse. Um, Betty is going into the attic, and uh, I just is there central casting for creepy set designers because this is the the most standard basic 
standard. There's a dollhouse. There's a mirror. There's picture frame. An aged cracked paint dollhouse at that. An old wedding dress. I want to see little tykes and somebody's like, come on. Why is it always antiques? (laughs) There should just be a bunch of stupid random stuff that nobody ever wants. Yeah. And it's not dusty and it's actually well lit. You can still make it creepy. That's how my attic would be. And then, um... So Polly's up, uh, she, Polly's in the attic. And, and like, puts her hand around Betty, like, it's gonna be scary. And then we cut to the next scene after the commercial break, and they're just, you know, chatting, having some cocoa. Uh, well, Betty's wrapping Polly's ankle. That's true. Um, okay, so, one, this is not a hysterical pregnancy, so this is real. And Polly's suddenly lucid now. I was about to say, Polly is not manic at all. She is very, um... I mean, she's manic in that woman. was like, the sh- you gotta help me. But then when she's talking to her sister, she's fine. She's she's very even-toned. So, okay, f- we can play it off as she's been isolated mm-hmm. in this convent. And now that she's out of there, things have balanced out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that she's pregnant, so who knows yeah. what that might be doing. But still, shouldn't they just let her be unhinged? I I think they were trying to sell us on the possibility that she really needed to be in an asylum. Now, she might need to. We don't know. This could be just a lucid episode if she's, like, schizophrenic or bipolar or she's more even-killed for the moment. Um, but whatever. She's, she's not all 100% crazy. And she basically, she she just tells us that, you know, Jason and I had a plan to go to a farm and raise our family, and I still want to do that, but I don't have any money. Well, and I'm not, I can't wait around waiting for somebody who's never going to show up. Yeah, and uh, Betty, Betty asks some questions, and Polly explains that the parents are telling her she has to give it up for adoption. Yeah, because Betty was saying, well, you know, it's all out in the open, there's no stigma, and she's like, you don't get it, Betty. They're not going to let me keep them. And I'm not going to raise my baby somewhere where nobody want, where my family doesn't want them. You know. It's totally fair. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's basically um, parents, you know, they... I guess my problem is they've set her up to be possibly manic and crazy. I don't know that I believe her. I, well, later we, we find out that that's true, that the parents have just had the only option is adoption. Yeah, but so again... She's not keeping that baby. But again, I, I I go back to, and maybe she's just a complete sociopath, mm-hmm. but I go back to that look on Alice Cooper's face when they take her daughter back to her room, mm-hmm. and she looks crushed, genuinely crushed. Okay, but we also believe that Alice has a very distinct mental problem. I mean, she could have Munch- she could easily have Munchausen, Munchausen by proxy. No, that's not it. No, nah, because she'd be torturing Betty over that too. Yeah, I don't know. There's something wrong with mom. There's something wrong with everybody. Betty seems pretty okay. <laughs> Excuse me. We've met Dark Betty. I love Dark Betty. <laughs> Betty snapped twice. <laughs> okay, well, like snapped. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to, like... The family has a history of mental health issues. Facts. Clearly. Facts. Except how? Well... Uh, that man is not sane. He's an alcoholic. No, mom's alcoholic. (laughs) Mom's the alcoholic there. Whatever. We we don't know what's going on with Polly. Besides... She's gonna live in the attic for a while while Betty figures it out. More important thing... The more important thing is Fred and FP are about to have a showdown. And this is mid-90s fanfic happening in real life. No, not... For someone it is. Someone. It's Skeet Ulrich and... Luke Perry. Luke Perry. I, you know... I'm just gonna say both of them are much better looking now than they were in their heyday. I know! They both filled out a little bit. They look I, good. I love a salt and pepper. I can't help myself. FP wants to do the right thing. And he's like... I, no, yeah. FP walks in being an asshole. Oh, yes. And Fred is just like, uh, it was a, it was the boy's plan. Wasn't my idea. But FP says he, he wants to, to clean up his act, and he wants his son to look at him and not see a piece of garbage, and I think this might be my last shot. And, and, Fred, and Fred says, let's make it count. 
shake hands. And then Hermione walks in and rut row. Rut row. And sh- so they, they get introduced by Fred. They kind of act like they don't know each other. And then when Fred walks out the door, Hermione's like, is this another shakedown? And as- he, he's like, I settled with your ex, I settled with your convict husband. All right. There's no problems. But Dudley do right. Doesn't know I'm a serpent. And I'd like to keep it that way. And then he says, the thing about serpents is if you don't step on them, they got no reason to bite. Yep. Which you know, is pretty good. He's just like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> yep. And also it's just like, I'm trying to go straight. So leave me alone and don't mm-hmm. say a word. Mm-hmm. And also, how, how could Fred not know that he's a serpent? I, how is that possible? It's such a tiny town. It is. Like, in, I mean. Well, unless, unless he's doing it way, way under the radar. That's. Which is entirely possible. But he's at the he was at the driving, hanging out with those serpents. <laughs> like, come on. He wasn't super he, visible with them. Yes, was he? he was. He was standing right there. I don't know. Anyways, and he's got the he's got the vest and ever, the cut. Anyway, <sighs> he's it's stupid. Anyways, when we get to the Cooper house. And Betty is with her parents. She asks about the baby. Mm-hmm. Where's the baby going to st- Oh, no. She she starts with, so now that uh, Polly can come back any time, right? And her's like, well, of course. I'm like, well, where's the baby going to stay? Where's the baby going to sleep? Be- they, where's the baby going to sleep? Um, and they talk Betty's about playing it. stupid. Yep. And the parents are like, um, we've talked about it with your sister, and she's going to give the baby up for adoption. It's the only option. Hal says that first, which is interesting. Oh, well, okay, so... Mom says it's the best option, and then House is the only option, and then Mom reiterates, yes, the only option. Which is interesting. Yeah. I actually take that as interesting. I know. I, yes and no. Well, the beef is with Hal. Remember, the beef is between the Blossoms and the Coopers, and the beef is between it's their Hal family, but and it's, him. it's, it's so convoluted. I don't, I don't care. They're, they're twisting us around trying to hide who's in in bed with what who's controlling what and what what is the real reason why they don't want this baby coming into the house yeah like and it probably is something as simple as we don't want any connection to the blossoms in any way shape or form i just it's interesting that she said it's the best option which is a reasonable stance to take but then dad interjects with the only option yeah i could see dad pushing the whole i don't want anything having to do with the blossom in my house and Possibly Alice being like, it's our grandchild. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, Ver- or Betty doesn't know what to do. She's talking to Veronica. Gal, she's, she, she needs to confide in her gals. And uh, Veronica's like, let me talk to my mom. I was oh. like, she needs, I was like, Polly cannot stay in your attic. She needs prenatal vitamins. Mm-hmm. She needs doctors. She needs, you know, good health care. Let me talk to my mom because mm-hmm. she can stay with her. She can stay with us, and she'd be away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cheryl walks in and says, "Like she needs to be with family." Or mm-hmm. what does she say? Uh, she needs to be with her family. And um, then uh, walks into a classroom with Betty and another showdown. And uh, Cheryl swings from raging bitch to normal human in two seconds. I mean, they go back and forth because that's just their default mode. But basically, Cheryl is like, look, I want what you want. I want the baby to be safe. Tell me. She's... What, whatever you want, you can you can tell me the least amount of po- amount possible. You can keep me at arm's length. You can watch me like a hawk. But what does Polly need? Everybody's and like, she needs she... money. She's and... like, cash? What else? <laughs> and she says, you know, Jason's baby is a game changer. Which is true. She thinks. Well, she thinks. Well, no, but it is. The baby is a cha- game changer. Because before it was, let's go hunt for Polly and take her down. Like, oh, she's carrying my brother's baby. We need to take care of Polly. Yeah. It, it, is, a, it is a game changer for Cheryl. Um, so, yeah. But they do, they've do. they done this in every episode. They play her up as this mean, uptight girl. And then in literally two scenes, they turn her into sympathetic human. It's it's kind of like would you guys just kind of pick one and roll with okay, it for a little bit? No, no. This seems very typical of this type of girl. Okay. She's she's got this hard shell that she has to put up in front of everybody, 
and that is her coping mechanism with her parents. So her parents are evil. Yes. We know they're evil. Um, so when somebody is nice to her, she doesn't know how to deal with that because nobody likes her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the Scooby gang is, they tolerate her. <laughs> they, I mean, they'll, they'll dish it out right back to her, but they try to default to like, her life sucks. So let's just be nice to her, which is also a very grown up thing to do. So anyways. No, oh, they're growing up right in front of us. Shut up. Uh, it's like, but you think, I do like, you think, you think Polly's crazy? Yeah, I think she's crazier than a serial killer on bath salts. That's pretty good. And then Betty tries to lie about not knowing. She's like, you know exactly where she is. You are the worst liar. You're the worst liar I've ever encountered, <laughs> yeah. which is true. Um, so yeah, she wants to bring everybody together. Uh, FP and Fred walk in from work and Archie and Jug are hanging out in the, in the construction trailer. They all decide to go out to dinner at Pop. Fred's reluctant. Fred doesn't want to do this. Um, he knows what FP's capable of. He, well, it's the whole, it's the money thing. Um, Pops, uh, Fred goes, okay, my treat. And uh, uh, FP's like, no, no, I got this. So he that, refuses to back down off of treat and stuff. Though we do get some fun details about uh, Fred Andrews in high school. Uh, they had a VW bus that they, they fixed up, and it was called the Shaggin' Wagon. Oh, uh, Fred had a FP, band. FP was BMOC. He was a big man on campus. campus. Um, fo- he was a big football player. Fred had a band called the Fredheads. That was horrible. <laughs> so um, good. Um, but after the football player comment, you know, the, uh, FP goes, oh, no, Jughead doesn't want to hear about this. He takes after his, he's not interested in sports. He takes after his mom in that respect. And I mean but, that. In the, I mean that as a compliment. Well, but I, I think he says that in an actually, I don't know. He's saying that in a way that he really does try to say it as a compliment. Doesn't come out that way because it's him. But he's not trying it's, to insult his mom. He's like, no, no, you take after the best part of your mom. I think it's that, but it's also that, like, I, my son is not athletic. He's not interested in the things that I'm interested in. We know that it's a fact. That's clearly part of, like, well, their... You, no, no, no. That's part of their divide. So when he says, well, my son's not interested in that, he doesn't want his son to take that as an insult. Yeah. So it's fine. It's just one of those things that, like, his dad would probably love it if his his son did did football. Well, he also knows his son struggles. Hmm. Mm, I don't, I don't I'm sure he knows, he knows that. No, I don't think so. Okay. But he does He does mention, it's like, are you still writing? And and Archie goes, oh, yeah, he writes for the school paper with Betty. And FP's like, who's Betty? Is that your girlfriend? And Jay changes the subject. Archie's, <laughs> Archie's like, yeah. No. No. And, he's, and Jughead's like, mm, let's talk more about bands. Yeah. That's when we find out about the Fredheads. Um... But uh, that's when we have the pay showdown. Fred's going to, you know, FP has said it's my treat. Fred's going to go ahead and pay for it. And FP says, you owe me. And that catches Archie's. But gets uh, gets Pop to bring the check back and pays for it himself. Mm-hmm. And Jughead's just squirming the whole time. It's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Veronica and Hermione are having a showdown. And Veronica is dressed to go clubbing. Veronica's being a huge bitch, and Hermione has had enough. She's she like, says, "You gonna tell me? You gonna tell me the truth? I kissed Fred Andrews there." And she's like, "No, you forged my signature." Um, this is very, very true. Tr- okay, Veronica has every right to be pissed. You broke the law and used my name you to do it. Used me to do it. Um, tell Dad. I'll can you know call him right now. I'll cancel my plans for that. Um, and Hermione's like, you know, that's not how this works. Because that's the big thing is she wants she she wants her mom to call her dad in front of her. Yeah, Veronica doesn't want um, her dad to think that she betrayed him. Yep. Because it's mom. Um, and also, this is about like she doesn't she doesn't understand what's going on between her parents relationally. No. Wait, okay, so Veronica's being a bitch, and Hermione has every right to be angry, but Hermione also needs to apologize to her daughter because she did something wrong. But this is also what happens when parents don't set limits. <laughs> because... Ever. Because Veronica leaves and goes to the club, and that girl cannot dance. <laughs> this, okay, this, there's a whole sequence of them dancing. This looks like a 90s deodorant commercial. 
Mentos. Mentos commercial. Nope. Nope. This is a secret, always dry commercial. Well, so this would never happen. Where Not, the f- where the fuck is this club? I know. Is, is there a club in Riverdale? Because they're drinking. But, they're drinking. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Josie says my we can call my mom the mayor. So this is a club in Riverdale. I guess it might be the gay club that Kevin Keller mentioned. Innuendo. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, they're drinking. So they all go to a booth. Um, if, if you notice this in this scene, Veronica, they all sit down and Veronica is like sweating. She's got glisten from the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And then at one point they cut to a straight front of her and all makeup is perfect. Yep. Come on. Yep. Just stay on the single cut for the one time in the scene. We don't need a close up of them. It's so bad. Anyways, the see, content of the scene is not bad. No, it's, it's actually pretty good. It's really poor little rich girl. They oh, when they came for my dad, they took our houses, our cars, our club memberships, our Josie yachts, the clothes off of our back. Josie rightfully rolls her eyes. And then she goes, and then I was sitting on the edge of my canopy bed, and my mother said, "No crying, because no one can take your name." And I was just like, "Shut the fuck up." I do not feel bad for you. It's like feeling bad for the Murdoch family. No. The one thing that she... I don't. The one thing that I feel does resonate is then she says, and then my mom went ahead and just acted like I was no one. No, she's like... And that's where it turns. like, my mom took my name like it was nothing. And and that's where you see, okay, so what this is really about is you went through that, and it is traumatic. I, I do understand that it is poor little rich girl, but it is... it. If, if you're in that situation, it could be very traumatic for you in that. The bigger thing, though, is after dealing that and your mom looking at you and saying, this is how you're going to tough through this and deal with it, mm-hmm. then for your mom over what looks to be just a favor for her new boyfriend, which we don't know that that's completely it's, the case, but that's like how that she feels, she then <laughs> feels like you then just used and abused me mm-hmm. like I felt like you I was. T- you took advantage of me in the way that you told us we shouldn't be. Exactly. No, that's fine. And that's where we get to the meat of it. And that's fine, but, and then, you know, the manager comes up and it's like, your card was declined, and Frank is like, oh, let me guess, it it was reported stolen. And the manager says, yeah, we're actually supposed to call the police. She hands him a wad of cash. We got a whole bunch of stuff before we get to this, though. No, this is right after that conversation. No, it's not. Is it? (laughs) No. Hold on. So, first of all... (laughs) I mean, you can end this scene oh, because whatever. it's, it's cut that, in timeline. That's it. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's, it's this joke with the that's card. That's what happens. And, uh, and, and it's time to negotiate. However, <laughs> because we're intercutting with eight storylines at once. Okay. Forgive me. They're, they're, <laughs> their cutting is ridiculous and makes no sense whatsoever. We'll get to that. In- Forgive me when a two-second piece of a scene could continue from the one previous <laughs> but it But it can't because it's Riverdale. <laughs> Whatever. Um, uh, Archie and FP are jamming, and uh, Archie's, you know, Archie's good. Archie's good at guitar, and FP is just, you know, half canoodling on an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. He's like, dang, kid, you're good. Um, so he's like, y'all got any beer? Jack, and Jughead does the nose. Caught that. Remember how he does his thumb to the nose thing mm-hmm. he does that right then oh. and he's like hey dad um you know maybe we should uh, cool it it's getting kind of late and and his dad kind of stands up realizes what's going on jughead has apparently been his protector and been his like watchdog because fp will listen to him kind of um, and then Archie asks FP, hey, what was that thing you said about my dad owing you? Oh, boy. Archie, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, we... He doesn't even have to answer this question. We know this is not the thing Archie needs to ask right now. Yeah, Jughead tells Archie, you know, I'm going to lay off. And Jughead is so freaking uncomfortable. And Jughead's like, um, maybe we've had enough for the evening. Yeah, so basically, FP tells the story that Fred and FP were partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they were struggling and that Fred only had Archie's mom and Archie to take care of, but FP had, 
uh, Jughead and Jellybean and their mom and hospital bills to take care of. And so he started taking on jobs that weren't necessarily on the level. And that made... And one of them got him in trouble and he got arrested. Yeah. And so Fred bailed him out. And after that, Fred said that that bail money was his payoff and that Fred was taking the company because FP was a liability. And it was like a tenth of what the value was in the of company. Of the company, yeah. So that's FP's story. And then uh, he walks over to his flask and says, I think I might eat something a little stronger than beer. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, well, quick, okay. quick thought. Was JB a sick kid? Is that maybe an issue here? With the met with the hospital bills, um, I mean it could just be the regular pregnancy bills. I do understand that. But it could it have also, been that. It could have been from this thing that we find out later about Jughead. Maybe that caused some problems that we don't know about. You can bring it up when we get there. Yeah. Um, but FP's starting to go in on the hooch. Mm-hmm. Betty meets with the Blossoms at Pops. The Blossoms offer their support. And I just put, well, the fucking course this is a setup. This is so creepy, and Cheryl is very uncomfortable. Cheryl, Cheryl's like, this is not what it's... This isn't going to go well. Well, yeah, but did anybody think it was going to go well? No. Like, <laughs> it's the it's the Blossom family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're being very, very creepy about asking where Polly is. And you're part of our family now, Betty, and we will ferociously mm-hmm. take care of you. Barf. Ugh. Try to find out, and Polly's not willing to give up the information. She looks at her and just put, she looks at Betty and just goes, "All you have to do is trust." And Betty is just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. "Creepy people." Come back to Jug and Archie. Archie's uh, there, and uh, Archie's like, "I'm sorry, Jug. I had no idea." Um, Jug makes a comment about, "Yeah, your dad's screwing over my dad." And then, okay, so FP has left the room at this point, and Jughead. I don't understand. I don't know the complete. Um, I know FP says, "Yeah, it's time for us to go," and Jughead takes his dad's vest. It's not his serpent cut, but he grabs the flask out of his dad's vest and hides it in the couch in the garage. Basically, he's taking it away from his dad. And he gets and, the keys. In the keys, and he then he grabs the cut and starts following his dad. So he is taking the the alcohol away from his dad. And he also does this with very little emotion on his face, which lets you know this is he's, one of he, many, many times he's had to do But this Archie story. also sees this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Jug has to deal with this monster. Like, this is a nightmare, and this and is what Jug And I think this is the with. first time that Archie has seen this. Yes. Um, so, okay, and then we get the whole bit about Veronica's credit card stolen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Veronica brought cash, by the way. Smart. Yeah. It's like a co- cobra and a mongoose dancing. Yeah, she says, my mom blinked. She's ready to negotiate. Negotiate. Which, it's yeah, kind of funny. Whatever. It's their okay. family. That's how they do things. Uh, yeah. FP's passing out on the couch at the trailer park. But he... So this is this is where, again, we get that human moment. He wants Jughead to stay. He's like, oh, you're going to stay. You know, you can take the bed. Oh, you know, this is the first time I've passed out on the couch. You're going to stay, right? So make sure you're not late for school. And Jughead is taking off his dad's shoes and trying to, like, get his dad settled. And he's and like, he's uh, trying to tell him about Mom and Jellybean. He's like, uh, I'm heading on my classes. I talked to Mom. She got a job at a call center. She's, uh, like she's trying to get her GED. Uh, and Jellybean wants to go by JB now. Because she wants to cool. be cooler. She's a 10-year-old listening to Pink Floyd on vinyl. But so, I, don't, yes. I don't know how she could get any cooler. And then he looks over and Dad's passed out. Dad's passed out. I really hope we meet Jellybean. We're gonna. We have to see It's gonna happen. But this is just like, oh, Archie's in bed, Mm -hmm. and his eyes are wide open, because this is not fun to see your best friend's dad losing it. Fred, um, Fred's checking in, and he's like, yeah, but, uh, you know, we learned about your partnership with FP, and Fred's like, all right, you want to hear my side of the story? Yeah, he was stealing and selling stuff on the side, and he's like, you know, when someone's drowning, you can only try, you can try only try to save them so long before they're going to pull you down. Well, he also says, I had to bail him out so, so many, many times. times. Yeah. So FP only said one time in this deal, and mm-hmm. I was like, uh-uh, I bailed him out over and over mm-hmm. and over again. It was like Fred's Fred's laying it out here is like, it's not what you think, man. 
I tried. I tried yeah. as hard as I could. It's not as simple as and, you know, what it sounds. It's like, you cannot let them drag down. I did everything I could for you and my family. And Archie, right, I, I don't think this is being petty. He's just like, yeah, but who cares if Jack had wound up drowning too? Yeah. And that's, that's accurate. I think, I think the big thing for Archie is like, that's, that's cool and all. He's like, and, I get it, dad, but my friend is hurting. Yeah. That's all, all of that's fair. Mm, I'm, I'm going to get a little teary right now. That's rough. That's sad. Um, but we got to a kind of fun scene because it's negotiation time for the lodges. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hmm, I see you canceled my American Excess card. <laughs> Express. No, she says American Excess. Oh, she did. It's a good joke. That is a good joke. Um, I, I, okay, I can And Hermione's that. like, we're going to do this like your dad would want us. A negotiation. So, Hermione admits, I have strong feelings for Fred Andrews. Well, I'm seeing Fred Andrews and we're developing feelings. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that means yet, because your father has done things that have separated him from this family. Distance. Distance himself from this family. And I think she says distances himself from me. No, he says from our family okay. or my family. And, she, and so Veronica's like, you just want me to accept your affair? And Mom's like, yes. yes until I know what it means. Um, this which, is a weird, odd moment for a parent and a daughter, but for them, it makes sense, weirdly. She's finally saying what she should have said in the last episode. Yeah. This, this should have come a week before. But it wouldn't have given us time to see Veronica be petty That's and entertaining. Fair. It's totally fair. <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten the jokes. So Veronica's like, okay, these are my terms. Um, she's like, whatever's happening between you and Fred doesn't happen in this house. Agreed. Which her mom says is okay, and she has to tell her dad about the forgery. And her mom says, fine. Yes. No more shopping. No more shopping. Or clubbing. Or clubbing. And Veronica's in. So, negotiation, settled. Mm-hmm. White pants. Sheriff Keller and Principal Weatherby are in the... Blue and gold offices looking at the murder board. And Jughead walks in, and Weatherby is just, like, shocked. Mm -hmm. Keller's giving him the stink guy. Keller says, I need to take you down to the station. So they're all walking out. They're doing a perp walk down the Jughead sees mile. Archie and Betty says, call my dad. Again, never would happen. They wouldn't do this crap in a perp walk through a high school. It's a small town. Still. Oh, no, I agree. You don't perp walk a kid okay, so in the middle of school. Well... School is a very loose building, apparently. You take Jughead to the principal's office and you question him there. Well, they're at the police station and Sheriff Keller says, okay, we were able to pull some prints and we, you know, of course we pulled yours and Betty's, no surprise there. Um, but what is a surprise is that when I pulled your file, I found out that you were in juvenile detention center for a period of time. Apparently Jughead was playing with matches and they took it as he was trying to burn down the school. <laughs> Because he's Jughead. Because he's Jughead. There, and then he was like, you know, school records show that you had some problems. You've been bullied a lot. And he goes, yeah, my, my name, name is, is Jughead. Jughead. <laughs> Which I love. That's exactly what I said in the last episode. His name is Jughead. I mean, come on. Um, but the football team were the predominant ones who bullied him. He's like, so I'm going to need you to tell me what your whereabouts were on July 11th. And Jughead says, I, I'm not talking to you anymore. I want a lawyer. And he is about to start crying. Mm-hmm. You can see him, he's like... He's doing that sniffle thing where you... And he's like, keeps moving his head. He's he's about to cry and he's trying not to. I want a lawyer. Yep. And that ends that. We have a moment with Cheryl and Mom. It's like, um, you said that Polly was a party girl. Did she ever take drugs? And Cheryl's like, not that I remember. Why? I think so, why? Due diligence. You don't want an unfit mother taking care of her grandchild. No, Mom. Oh, and Cheryl's like, oh, fuck. Fuck, 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 Now, fuck. Now we're back at the police station. Betty's allowed in? Because Betty's just apparently calm enough that she's allowed to go into a room in which somebody's being held for interrogation. He's actually not. I don't think he's actually being held. Jughead he's not being charged. ought it's... to be sued. Or sue the sheriff. That's not going to happen. I mean, um, come on. But Jughead's talking about, I don't, I don't want to become a scapegoat. Those Paradise Lost kids got... Got... Got sent to jail because they wore black and listened to Metallica. I don't want to become they a They wore black and listened to Metallica. Yeah. Um, he's really freaked out. 
and he's asking Betty, you know, and Betty's trying to calm him down. Like everything they have against you is circumstantial. Well, the Paradise Lost reference is so is so key for that character, I think, because of the thing of he knows he's automatically a suspect. He's automatically a suspect character simply because of what he's had to do with with his dad. And all he wants is his dad to show up and just take care of him. And so he asks Betty, he's like, um, is my dad here yet? And Betty says, uh, well, Archie's here with his dad, but no one knows where your dad is. Um, and then out in the hall, we see um, the sheriff and Fred are talking. And it's like, look, he's not giving himself any favors in there. I asked for an alibi and all he gave me was lit. And the sheriff is right, but still, this is weird. It's, yeah, it's the sheriff is, it's kind of, it's like the sheriff didn't take the temperature of who Jughead is. He should be prepared for some lip from but, <laughs> but Fred goes he was working for me on the 11th yeah the sheriff's like you got docs you got anything to prove that and Fred's like oh let me look at my time cards and I'll get it to you gotta check on my time cards but I'll, I'll give it to you and so Archie's like what so Archie knows Fred. Archie's about to be like huh, and then backs away cause he knows his dad's like, my dad's it. lying for Jughead like what okay and Fred walks Jughead out of the they're, they're all walking up. out of the station and FP and, shows up and he is either drunk or hungover mm -hmm. can't really tell he's like my battery my phone is dead forgot to plug it in and Jughead says it, Mr. Andrews took care of it is everything okay it's fine now Mr. Andrews took care of it uh FP's like they, they try to put you on any, any bogus charges I'm gonna go in there rough rough Keller up and Jughead and like Fred tries to stop him. He ain't going to do it. FP looks at him and goes, you do the same for your boy and you know it. It's like, he's my son. And Fred knows to back down, one, because he's a dangerous dude. But Fred, I think part of that is Fred probably knows, yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah, Jughead tells his dad, don't, don't make things worse. Yeah. And, Jughead and that calms him. that calms FP down. Jughead and, is the only voice of reason for FP. And so um, FP's like, all right, let's go. You come with me, Jughead. And Archie says, oh, well, he can stay with us. My dad already said it was okay. And Jughead goes, no, I'll, I'll come with you. Well, I mean, Jughead's not saying anything. FP goes, is that what you want? I mean, maybe it's for the best, man. No, he doesn't say that. Jughead's like, no, no, I'll come with you, Dad. And he's like, are you sure? And he says, yeah. And then he gets up to him, and FP kind of looks and looks at Jughead and is like, um... I, I'm gonna do what you want. I'm gonna need some time to clean up. Maybe only a month or two. Um, and Jughead is trying not to cry. He's really trying. Um, basically, FP is like, "I'm gonna go clean up my act. You need to go stay with Fred." Basically, he doesn't say that, but that's what's happening. Um, and then FP leaves. And well, no, no, yeah, he. Did. I mean, that's that's what happens. It's out of sequence from what you're saying, but you got the joke. Um, Betty comes to comfort Archie, er, Archie, Jughead, and they're walking off, and Archie is, he's uncomfortable with what's going on. And he's Dad a little just, bit jealous. And Dad just kind of grabs his arm, grabs his shoulder, and I was just like, whew, that's a rough scene. Yeah. So we're waiting for a lodge conference call. Yeah, we're back at the lodges, and they're waiting for a phone call with Hiram, and Hermione is terrified. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's, I can't remember if it was a scene or the one before, but she talks about, you know, we need, the lodge industry needs to hire Andrew's construction because they're a legitimate business. Yeah, I think she said it like two or three different it times might have over been. the course. Uh, but clearly, Hermione, I mean, this makes me think that she is making decisions on behalf of lodge industries to get rid of Hiram. Probably. Um, and make it a more legitimate, profitable business. That's what, that's, I don't understand why else, why, why else she would be so freaked out. Amongst other things, she might also just be trying to find a good way to get out of the marriage. That's fair. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's sitting there and, um, Hermione's, and Veronica's like, you know, look, I'm here. And Hermione's mm -hmm. just like, whatever the consequences are, I can deal with them. Yeah. She's like, whether he agrees with me or not, mm -hmm. we needed to do this. And Veronica grabs her mom's hand and they get a call from the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Fred forges a time card for Jug, and Archie says, like, looks like you've done this before. And, he's, and Fred says, FP's got his tricks, I've got mine. Regardless, and Jughead doesn't deserve this. Mm -hmm. So, gets a time card, puts Jughead Jones on it, and then we're at Pops, and Veronica, Archie, Betty, Jughead, and Polly 
are mm -hmm. all at Pops waiting. And again, Polly isn't manic in the scene at all. Just, She's totally even killed. Uh, Cheryl comes in and she sees Polly and Polly gets up and, and Cheryl like kind of goes to reach for her stomach and, and then, you know, pulls her hand away. And Cheryl's just like, you know, I'm so sorry about Jason. He loved you so much. Mm -hmm. And Cheryl says, you need to leave. Um, my, my, I don't, I don't think my parents, um, what did she say? I don't think my parents wants, wants anything good for you or the baby. Yeah. Okay. So Cheryl's, Cheryl's highly intimating. Um, they've made their choice and whatever they're going to do, it's not going to be good for mm -hmm. you or your kid. Mm -hmm. You need to get out of here now. Yeah. So she starts, starts Polly starts to freak out. Which is fair. And immediately Veronica jumps in and is like, it's fine. You come with me. My mom will totally be okay with it. And then we cut, and Hermione's totally okay with it. She was anything for Alice Cooper's daughters. <laughs> with a little bit of sarcasm, mm -hmm. but she... I think that's probably, like, in your, in your fucking face, Alice Cooper. There's going to be some history there that I hope gets revealed very soon. Yeah, but it's probably going to all be okay because she's taking care of the Cooper kids. Mm -hmm. So, Polly's going to stay with the Lodges. And then we cut, and Jughead is sleeping in Archie's room. Archie's blowing up a mattress, and they just kind of... It's just a little back and forth, but ultimately Jughead says, I'm not giving up on him yet. Not not yet. Archie's like, you think he'll show up to work tomorrow? He's like, you never know. I hope. I hope. And then Jughead starts in with his narration of, hope. It's a word. <laughs> it's a word so close to home and just as tricky. And he's narrating, and then the last little bit is FP's... Full on. He is drinking raging. at home and he's passing out his own cat on about passing out on the couch. And, and Jughead's talking about the hopes were dimming to find Jason's killer. Um and they say it's sometimes they say it's darkest before the dawn, but sometimes there's just darkness. And we close and we see in the closet next to FP's serpent S cut is Jason's jacket. Yep. Riverdale. Riverdale. So, okay, I don't think FP did this. Yeah, you immediately said... No, there's no way. I think he's either being framed or he has that jacket in order to uh, do something untoward. What if it's Hiram Lodge? It wouldn't surprise me, but Hiram Lodge didn't kill Jason. Maybe he had someone kill Jason Blossom. Mm. I am talking in an announcer voice. I don't know. A parent is involved. I that half that is. I don't know which parent. It's not the Coopers. We've we've established that. It's not I, the wanted, Coopers. I wanted to randomly be Fred Andrews for no reason. <laughs> Sheriff Killer. <laughs> Ooh, that could be fun. It's somebody we've already met, and I think it's a parent. Yeah. So I don't think it's FP. I could see FP the serpents being involved and they've decided that they're going to blame it on FP because he's a drunk so he wouldn't be able to reasonably give his own alibi. That's he could be the fall guy. Yeah, and what about Kevin Keller's boyfriend? We don't know Joaquin? Joaquin. I hope we see him again. We need to have Joaquin back. <laughs> For Kevin's sake. I know, right? In my enjoyment. <laughs> um okay, so Okay, so I could see FP being the fall guy. That would make a lot of sense. But what if FP is the killer? <sighs> that doesn't... Don't do that to Jughead. Oh. Oh, Juggy. This is so heartbreaking. It's, it's never going to be good for Juggy, let's be real. Uh, that's not true. He is Betty. <laughs> but that's an in-law situation I would not want to step on. He has Betty. He has Betty. And he has Betty in real life. Yes, we know that those actors are dating. I'm okay with it. I'll you, allow it. <laughs> you approve? You approve just like Veronica? Yes, only I'm not that important. No I, don't one think, needs I, don't, I don't think I'm that important. We don't need your opinion on that, Veronica. <laughs> True. We're flying through. We're halfway through, man. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's episode seven. We have six more to do. I know. And then our preview cast for season two. So, uh, we're we're looking at right now. We're 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 our plan right now is to start releasing two a week, so that we can be set up to go every week when the new season starts. Lord willing. Yeah. 
I mean, if we have to cram it in on the last week, we'll do it. Oh, we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. We'll get it done. We, we, it's, so right now how we do this is we each watch the episode and sometimes we watch it together, sometimes we watch it on our own. And then we sit down and watch it together when we take all of our notes and then we record right after. Because you have to watch this show, like, at least twice with as many cuts as are going on. Oh, my God, please stop cutting timeline so much. In order to get our podcast out within a reasonable amount of time after it airs, we're only going to be able to watch it once. Yeah. When we record. Mm. Which is going to be hard. Real hard. <laughs> but we can do it. That's true. We've done it before. Fist bump? Fist bump. Hashtag. Polly Cooper killed my brother. <laughs> Hashtag Riverdale Strong. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.